Today on the Cameron Journal Podcast, we're talking about the death penalty. This was by reader request, based on a discussion I got in on Twitter a couple months ago about the controversies around the death penalty and the issues with it and the problems with it and why I think it's a good idea, but there are other problems to consider. So get ready. This is the Cameron Journal Podcast. Let's go. about important things. It's a place where we bring a little slice of the news to you. It's a place where we do important things, have important conversations. It's also things that I like to talk about. My name is Cameron Cowan, and this is the Cameron Journal Podcast. sentencing the defendant to death in the manner and by the authorities as provided by statute shall be executed at this time. Gordon Stewart Northcott, you have been convicted of murder, the penalty for which is death by hanging. There have been no stays or reprieves. Therefore, the execution will go forward as stipulated under the laws of the state of California. Do you have any last words?
She died a lot harder. When it appeared that she had received enough electricity to kill an ordinary person and, and had received the exact amount that had killed her husband, the doctors went over and pulled down the cheap prison dress, a little dark green printed job, and placed the stethoscope, stetho, I can't say it, placed the stethoscopes uh, to her and then looked around, at, looked at each other rather dumbfounded and seemed surprised that she was not dead. Believing she was dead, the attendants had taken off the ghastly strappings and electrodes and the black belts and so forth. And these had to be readjusted again and and she was given more electricity, which started again that kind of a ghastly plume of smoke that rose from her head and went up against the skylight uh, overhead. After two more of those jolts, uh, 
Ethel Rosenberg uh, had met a maker. She'll have a lot of explaining to do, too. The death penalty is one of the oldest punishments known to mankind. Just as we needed to tacitly agree not to kill each other in order to collaborate within a tribe, the tribe choosing to kill you and end your life became the ultimate punishment. As time has gone on, the death penalty has been reserved for the highest of crimes, including murder and treason. However, today it has become a a question of morality of is it moral for the state for the people to come together and end another person's life many countries and states have ended the use of the death penalty many still use it so we're going to talk about that what does it all mean what's important we're going to get into the ritual of it some of the methods used some of the reasons why and what is so potent compelling frightening and moralistic about the idea of killing someone in a state-sanctioned manner. One city man on death row now demanding the electric chair, a rarely used loophole in the law gives him that very right. But the bizarre request comes at a time when the state's death row policies are in real chaos. ABC Action News reporter Serena Fazan has this exclusive interview from death row. Considered among the most dangerous inmates, I met with Wayne Doty in a small room at Florida's death row, his wrist shackled and security still watching his every move. An individual has the right to choose their own destiny. Then the Plant City man uttered what no Florida inmate has requested before. He wants to die by the electric chair. Bottom line is at the end of the day, I'm the one that murdered the individual, not you, not anybody else. So it's, it's, it's my life, it's my crime, it's my means of execution. Doty's flabbergasting claims, he doesn't like needles. The former welder thinks electrocution is a more humane way to die. 2,300 volts of electricity straight through a person's brain uh, will render you dead within seconds. The state doesn't agree, taking the electric chair out of commission after the botched execution of triple murderer Alan Lee Tiny Davis back in 1999. Although we are locked up in prison, we still have our rights. A rarely used Florida law gives the state no choice but to honor Doty's request. Inmates have a one-time option of requesting their means of execution. I was just, you know, shocked, flabbergasted. Doty killed Harvey Horn's dad, a Plant City watchman back in 1996. But that murder didn't send Doty to death row. He got life. He says he wants to die, but he didn't say he wanted to die when he was on trial, when he first went to court, when he killed my father, tried to fight it. Doty landed on death row only after killing another inmate years later. His reasons? Another mind twister. Doty telling me he did it for Harvey's sake. It's just my right to bring closure to the victim's family. And you just took this man away to give me peace? That don't give me no peace. Doty's second motive? Getting out of general population. Would you like to do life in prison? I mean, honestly, that's the best excuse you can come up with. There's all kinds of ways you can die without bringing in um, 
a, a, basically a parade and, and a, you know, making a mockery of yourself, the judicial system. Pressure from the courts led to a new law in March. Now, death row verdicts have to be unanimous. Legal experts explaining nearly 150 inmates, nearly half on death's row, could get a new trial. Doty is one, but is waiving appeals. It begs this question. Are you using the electric chair as a delay tactic? If something happens where capital punishment is thrown out, which could possibly happen in an upcoming uh, foreseeable future, that's not my problem. I hope you live a long, happy life in prison. Serena Fazan, ABC Action News. First, let's talk about who has the power to put people to death. The power of death has been reserved for specific people within society. In ancient Rome, the people who had the power of death held symbols of power called fosces. The fosces were a bundle of sticks that symbolized that a legal magistrate, a judge, had the power of death and could order executions. The death penalty has also been reserved, in later times, to the power of the sovereign of a monarchy. In democratic systems, that tradition is maintained in the form of executive pardon and clemency. The president and the governors of states in the United States can stop someone from being put to death and or commute their sentence to life in prison. In many states, a phone line to the governor's office is kept open in case of a last-minute clemency. In democratic systems, it is up to the judiciary to have the power of death rather than the sovereign, <clears throat> which is a very kind of Roman way of handling things. It is with great consideration and trepidation that many judges issue a penalty of death. And as I said before, there are only specific crimes in which the death penalty can be invoked. The most popular being treason against the state and murder. Quick rituals around putting someone to death. It is always a serious thing. Traditionally, the executioner would have their face covered so the family could not seek revenge against him. The person who's going to be killed will usually be offered a last meal, although that's a fairly modern tradition since the Renaissance. The executed will often have their face covered. They will be offered an opportunity to say any last words, and religious leaders will often be on hand to offer last religious rites. Then, whatever method of execution will be used is performed and the person is dead, usually, if successful, in a few minutes. In America, it is constitutionally prohibited for people to suffer, and that's based on a tradition that if the state is going to kill someone, it should at least be done in a fast and humane manner.
There are some quite famous executions, both in history and within our own past. One of them is Mary, Queen of Scots. She was put to death for treason against the crown. Um, her sister, Elizabeth I, um, ordered her death because it was believed that she was plotting with Spain for Spain to invade England and to install Mary a Catholic on the throne of England rather than Elizabeth the Protestant. Uh, Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette were beheaded during the French Revolution. Now, ironically enough, um, originally the Committee on Public Safety did not want to completely dispose of the monarchy. Um, Louis and Marie Antoinette were both executed, not only for violations against the people, but because they refused to take a last name. Monarchs, being sovereign, did not take last names. They were only referred to as their first name. They both refused to do it, Louis in particular, and they were both put to death for that reason. Guy Fox was killed due to a treason against the crown. He was Catholic. He tried to blow up parliament <clears throat> with dynamite. Remember, remember the 5th of November, Guy Fox Day, and he was put to death for his treason against the crown. Che Guevara was executed for crimes against various regimes in South America. Socrates was executed for uh, saying the wrong things to the wrong people in ancient Greece. Joan of Arc was executed for uh, losing uh, battle in the 13th century um, as her people were uh, fighting against a neighboring kingdom. Oliver Cromwell was executed for at the end of the Republican period of England um, during the restoration of the monarchy. Nicholas II was famously executed by the Bolsheviks, ending the Russian monarchy uh, in a forest um, outside of St. Petersburg. Uh, here in America, we have commonly will execute serial killers. Um, Ted Bundy and the Unabomber were both very famous executions, as was John Wayne Gacy. Um, sometimes ex-leaders of nations will also be executed to get rid of them when a new government has taken power. Uh, a few of these are quite famous. Uh, Saddam Hussein, for example, uh, was hung in a court after being tried for crimes against the people of Iraq. Patrice Lumumba, who was the leader of Zaire, that's now the Democratic Republic of the Congo, um, was executed after a civil war involving his supporters and uh, Mugambe's supporters. Um, also famous in the 20th century were executions of Nazi war criminals, including Ernst Röhm. He was a very famous Nazi who was executed after the Nuremberg trials. And obviously one of the most famous executions of antiquity would be Jesus Christ. Um, probably the most recognizable executed figure in world history due to Christianity. Um, all of these are famous executions and each one had very odd and unique circumstances around which they were executed for treason or to keep them from getting into power and to remove them permanently from society.
A ti suspiramos viviendo y llorando en este valle de lágrimas. Señora de abogada nuestra, vuelve a nosotros esos tus ojos misericordiosos. Misericordioso. Después de este destierro, vuestra soltura no es I will not delay you long, but will say only this to you. As God is my witness, I have forgiven those that have brought me here and pray that my death be not laid to their charge. For I do endeavor, even to the last, to maintain the peace of my kingdom. I go now from a corruptible to an incorruptible crown, to everlasting peace. Will that suffice? Permit me, sir, that I may pray a while before the blow is struck. Then when I put out my hand so, that will be the sign. Lord, let us now thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. There are various methods for performing an execution, uh, many having have existed since antiquity, but they include any of the below. Um, crucifixion, the body is nailed by wrists and feet to two cross pieces of wood. We're pretty familiar with that one. Uh, beheading was very common. Um, this is where an axe or a sword severs the head from the neck, resulting in death. 
um, it is rather creepy to think about the fact that the brain does keep working for about six minutes after decapitation. So if you think of like the use of the guillotine in revolutionary France and the decapitation of Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette, they would have been aware of what had happened and there would have been brain function at least briefly a few minutes after it occurred. Even Mary Queen of Scots might have been, her brain at least, might have been aware of what had happened for a few moments afterwards. Gas has also been very common, most famously in the Holocaust. A gun, a firing squad, um, was a very popular way of doing things in the 19th century and in South America well into the 20th century. Drawing and quartering um, was also a, a common thing, especially in the medieval Middle Ages, early Renaissance. Um, this was oftentimes where uh, a person's limbs would be tied to four horses. The four horses would run away each other, pulling them apart. Um, in as early as the uh, Elizabethan period, disemboweling was also common. A person's uh, stomach would be cut open and their intestines would be uh, pulled out of them, usually slowly with a round piece of wood. Um, death by flogging, not as common, but not unknown. Um, the person would be beaten to death. Um, the Norse also practiced an interesting take on that. They would um, cut open the back, break the ribs, pull out the lungs through your back and pin them to your arms, usually on a tree, um, which was kind of a, a different way of putting someone to death. Uh, drowning was famously used for during the Salem witch trials. Um, someone would be put in a bag, tied at both ends and dipped in water. Um, one of the scenes I chose to put in this episode, someone was executed by uh, putting them in boiling water which goes right along with burning. Joan of Arc was famously burned at the stake. There were also other witches that were burned at the stake. This was a fairly simple idea. The person would be tied to a post. Um, bundles of sticks would be laid at their feet. They would be lit a fire and they would basically cook to death. Um, reference in the Bible and still used today in more conservative cultures in the Middle East, stoning. Um, also was a, a, a way to kill someone. Um, in certain societies in the Middle East, a person will be buried up to their neck, um, so their, only their head is exposed, and people will throw stones at their head until they're dead. Um, oftentimes, sometimes they're just people to start throwing stones at them, and they keep throwing stones until one hits them in the wrong spot and they die, either of broken bones or inability to breathe or lack of brain function or whatever have you. Um, another method would be falling on the sword. Um, this was something that was uh, oftentimes used in feudal times. Um, you would run yourself through on your own sword. Um, in Japan, when uh, you've brought dishonor, you can cleanse that dishonor by uh, committing seppuku or harikarai and, uh, and run yourself through with a sword. Um, some more modern ideas would be like the electric chair. Uh, this is where someone is strapped to a wooden chair, a small cap with a sponge is placed on their head. They are run through with thousands of volts of electricity until they die, usually stops the heart. Um, hanging was very common, uh, and this goes to antiquity and was used up until the 1970s in some cases. Uh, very simple. There's a, a platform with a trap door in the middle. Um, and there's usually a, a crossbar going across the top. There's a, a rope with a, a noose um, tied there. The person's arms and feet are bound. 
Uh, their head is put through the noose, the trapdoor is opened, their body falls through, they hang by their neck until death. Now there's also variations upon this that are easily done. Any tree will do. You can put someone on a horse, uh, have the horse run away, put them on a small stump or stool, knock the stump or stool away. Um, as long as they're hanging by their neck, it uh, severs the cervical vertebrae and causes death. Um, one that was particularly gruesome um, that I also found in my research this was the Dirigat. Um, this is where, there's variations on this, but this is where um, there's a rope tied around the back of someone's neck. The rope is then twisted until it severs their neck. There's a Turkish take on that where they ha will have a, a wooden chair and there'll be a small dowel right at the neck level. That dowel will be pushed forward until the person's neck is broken because they're unable to move their head and body. Um, all of these uh, are, are different ways to kill people. Humans never fail to think of various and sundry ways to kill people. Now there's one form of execution, which is the most modern, considered the most humane way to kill somebody that I did not mention in my discussion of methods. And that is lethal injection. Now here's how lethal injection works. There's usually two or three chemicals that are used. Sometimes it's administered by a doctor in a syringe. Sometimes it's through an IV through a machine. The chemicals are introduced directly to the bloodstream and within moments, the person is incapacitated, their heart is stopped, and they're dead. The whole process takes less than five minutes. However, um, that lethal injection has recently become not necessarily outlawed, but difficult to perform. One of the chemicals required for lethal injection was made by a European company that morally objected to its use in American executions and refused to sell it to any American government. So states have had to turn to other ways to see how they might be able to execute death row inmates who have run out of appeal. The death penalty today is still a legal sentence someone can get. Um, as of 2019, the most recent year of data, there are 2,637 people on death row. Um, those slated to die can end up in appeals for years. There are multiple appellate courts that uh, convicts can go through to um, appeal their death sentence, either to get it commuted or if they didn't commit the crime. And oftentimes uh, people will die on death row before ever being executed. Now, sometimes appeals do get exhausted and people do come up for execution um, it is something that is rare enough it usually makes the news when it does. 
The death penalty is a moral dilemma for many in the West. There are those who still believe in the practice, and there are those who consider it barbaric. Anyone who is killed faces the permanence of death. On the one side, they are still a human, and they belong to someone. A life is a life is a life is a life. However, in the case of murder, the family also feels that there is justice to be done and that if you take someone else's life and they're no longer able to live and see their family or have children or watch their children grow or whatever have you, you should not enjoy the privilege either. And that the family deserves to see that person's life ended for having lost one of their own. As I tell people, my issue with the death penalty is not the power of death itself. I believe there are situations in which the death penalty is absolutely the appropriate action to take from a legal perspective. The death penalty isn't so much of a moral question, but a logistical one. When I have been asked about this, I've remarked that I do agree with the death penalty, but it's the criminal justice system that is flawed. That's the primary argument against the death penalty. Sometimes people will commit crimes that are worthy of death, and perhaps families do deserve that justice. However, we have to be assured that the justice system has done its job properly. And right now, we can't do that. Stories and crime podcasts abound of people who were, you know, had a false confession, were accused of the wrong crime, were innocent. The police and prosecutors are deeply racist and classist. We have a justice system that is not optimized to find the truth. It is optimized to get convictions. The police contribute to getting convictions. The prosecutors are elected and reelected based upon their conviction rate. And it has very little to do with the truth. It really has to do with how many people they can pin crimes on. So it is with great trepidation that we put someone to death because there might be evidence that would exonerate them or add circumstances to the case that make the person undeserving of death. The idea that, as a society, it is wrong for us to kill someone who has committed a heinous crime does not brook with me. That's an important power to have, not as a crime deterrent, but as a way for a fulfillment of some kind of justice. But we cannot, in good conscience, put people to death when the decision about that comes from a system that is racist, classist, and deeply flawed. If you're too poor to afford good lawyers, if you're brown, black, in the wrong part of the country, you can end up serving years or being killed for a crime you did not commit. Even the ability of your lawyers to get the evidence that may exonerate you is predicated not on a search for truth, but on what the prosecutor decides to release the defense attorney in the discovery process. You look at documentaries like The Making of a Murderer um, or cr true crime podcasts that I'm sure abound on the network that you are listening to my podcast on. Story after story. There has been whole organizations that deal with people who were pressured into confessing because of how the police interrogate people. Put anyone in a room for 14 hours with no bathroom, no food, no water, and no idea when you're going to leave, and people will admit to the Kennedy assassination after a while. It is not the death penalty that is really the problem. It is the system that the death penalty is used within. 
In order for us to safely use it, we have to have a system that does not respect race or class and does not look for convictions, but looks for truth, that doesn't pressure people into false confessions, that doesn't use the police as a bludgeon to get a confession so they can close the case and move on to the next, but a system that searches only for truth and justice. What really happened to who and to when? Not just to prosecute somebody because there's somebody to prosecute. We cannot hold those with blame who are innocent, and we have to assiduously search for the truth. And we also have to be okay with the fact that sometimes some people or some crimes may go unpunished and revenge may not be fulfilled and justice may go unfulfilled because there's simply insufficient evidence to really blame anyone. But it is truth and justice that we must hold forth. And only when those are fulfilled, and we know with a certainty that someone has committed a crime, that we can then decide if we need to use our collective power of death. It is with gravity that the power of death is used. Every scene in the movies is is silent and quiet, something serious is happening, someone's life is being snuffed out. And unfortunately, too often in our society, in our rush to get a conviction, in our rush to get a confession, in our rush to serve justice, people have had their lives ended because they were the wrong person in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or the cops decided they were the right person to pin the crime on. That is a terrible, terrible injustice that we cannot allow to stand. So I would argue it is not the death penalty that is the problem. It is our deeply flawed society manifesting itself in a deeply flawed criminal justice system that we need to repair. That's all for this episode of the Cameron Journal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Visit us online at CameronJournal.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I love to talk to my followers and listeners, so please feel free to uh, get us on social media at Cameron Cowan on Twitter. And we'll see you next time on the Cameron Journal Podcast.